Brooksy! You suck, you jackass. This is the Rich Eisen Show. This story from the PGA Tour. They have updated their fan conduct policy that could see spectators ejected from events for disrespectful behavior. If they're just screaming Brooksy at him as he's walking up the fairway and they're going to eject people over that, they're out of their friggin' mind. Brooksy! Earlier on the show, co-host of Peacock's Brother from Another, Michael Hawley. Still to come, legendary actor Bruce Dern. Plus, your phone calls and more. And now, it's Rich Eisen. Okay, everybody. Hour number three of the Rich Eisen Show is on the air. Fasten your seatbelts, buckle up, tape your ankles. However you want to put it, Bruce Dern, the Academy Award-nominated actor two times over, is about to join us, and this conversation's going to go all over the place. I'm not going to lie to you. Let's go. Uh, he was on our podcast years ago, and the 20-minute conversation turned into, what, an hour and a half? <laughs> it was very long. It was something he else. He wouldn't wait. leave. He was scheduled for 20 minutes, and he went an hour and a half? Yeah, he yeah. wouldn't yes. he, he didn't want to leave. <laughs> yeah. yeah, he didn't want to leave. Wow. So, celebrity, true or false, we're going to play it with him. I mean, honestly. We've not, I mean, we did it the other day with Michael Keaton, right? Mm -hmm, And Michael mm -hmm. McKeon. And certainly with Michael Keaton, we could have gone in so many different directions. We could have had like four or five Hollywood true or falses. With Bruce Dern, we could could do 20. Easy. You know, I need his favorite Robert Evans story, your favorite Jack story. I might go in the direction of of, um, uh, Tarantino. Mm. So, do all that. He's a big sports fan too, right? Yes, he is. One of my favorite movies. Die Hard. Which, which is what? Black Sunday, because I like the TV portion of it. Because they show inside the television truck. Oh, yeah. Robert Shaw goes in, and it's Rune Arledge, I believe. And I think it might have been, I don't know who else is in the truck. Oh, okay. And I was like, That's I wanted cool. to do that as a kid. That was all I cared about. The rest of the movie didn't mean anything to me. So what did Jaws mean to you? What did you want to make you be buy as a, a kid? Okay, buy a boat. Okay, buy a boat. A bigger boat. A bigger boat. I need a bigger boat. I got to be honest with you. I, I, I don't watch Jaws thinking that makes me want to go oh, on I the water. To, oh, I wanted a boat. Oh, God, no. It makes me, I would never want to go in the water, on the water ever again. In the water, I still don't do, but I, I'm on the water. Okay. You know, like wa- watching yeah, exactly. the sti- watching the sting made me want to do two things: play the piano and gamble. Right. Wow. <laughs> okay. Yes. Right. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> like I wa- it's like when I watch Rounders, Rich. All I want to do is play cards. That's all you want to do is play cards. All I want to do is play, play cards. <laughs> right. Um, great chat last hour with Michael Smith. I'm on brother from another in about an hour from now. As soon as this show is over, he and Michael Holly start theirs, and then I'm on. With them, and um, if you missed it, we had a great first uh, hour talking about the top storylines that would make us all happier mm. as NFL fans. It would be more fun to watch the league. If you missed any of that, uh, check it out on our YouTube stream, youtube.com slash Rich Eisen Show, and call us at 844-204-RICH with the number to dial for all of your thoughts on that subject. Uh, each day we've been previewing an NFL division. We're already three in, right? We're three in. We've done the mm-hmm. Easts, NFC, and AFC. We did the NFC North yesterday. Today is the AFC South. Mm-hmm. I have a feeling we're all going to be chalk on this one, too. Maybe not. Uh, I'm getting the iffy signal from uh, the international symbol of maybe not iffy. <laughs> Metza Metza from TJ Jefferson. Uh, Mike Del Tufo, once again, I need some NFL Films music from you. If you don't mind, hit it. On, uh, and I will be first up on the AFC South for the 2021 season. Let's Thank you, go. sir. Um, this is the Titans division to lose, man. Um, 
and and then it's the Colts right behind them. I just don't know about Wentz, his health. I don't know about Wentz and him after what we saw last year. I know Frank Reich is the Wentz whisperer. Uh, but uh, And the Colts' defense is terrific. I think Jonathan Taylor's got a terrific season all teed up. But the Titans should be better. And I'm not just saying that because Taylor Lewan is on tomorrow's program. I think that Derrick Henry could set the record for most rushing yards in a season. And I'd, I'd love to see him attempt to do it in 16 games and just say I'll just blow the record apart in the 17th game. Julio Jones in this offense with A.J. Brown and Ryan Tannehill and the rest of the crew. Um, defensively is my question mark clearly for them. Jacksonville will be third. I think Urban will have enough wins with his first overall pick. And the Texans, I will take them last because I just don't know what they're going to look like. With the whole Deshaun Watson stuff, first-year head coach David Culley, they, you know, don't know. So that's my choice. Chris Brockman, uh, are you the same? I, I'm not the same. Close. I flip-flopped the Jags and the Colts kind of just because. I, I think Trevor Lawrence wow. is awesome, and I, I think he's going to have a really, really good season. Uh, the Colts, big question mark. Uh, is Wentz going to stay healthy for a full season? If he has to miss some time. Wow. We've never really seen Jacob Eason Dude, play Colts in a game. the Colts have a really good defense, and the Colts are... I totally understand. I, okay. I totally understand. I'm just trying to be a little different here and just kind of talk myself Jaguars into... Jaguars second place team. Some Jaguars love. I did say they were going to okay. make the playoffs a long time ago, but... Not sure how much I really believe that, but I think they're going to have a better the year than they've people got think. a terrific offensive weapon, yeah. uh, weaponry for for Trevor Lawrence, and if he can show up Herbert style, I mean, look out. Look yeah, out. There, and there's know. no reason to think that he can't do that. Okay, so that's why I put them second. All right, Mikey D, Rich, DJ I'm Mikey you, D, I'm identical to yours with these nuts. I am okay, identical to yours. All right, very good. <laughs> Titans, Colts, Jaguars, Texans. I'm lockstep with Mike Del Tufo. That's good, which Rich. Is, you want that? It is. It's true. Dangerous. You're not wrong. I agree. It's Positivity I mean, Thursday. It's exactly. game. Yep. Okay, very good. I like it. Uh-oh. Uh oh. TJ Jefferson was ready to go. He's spitting out. <laughs> I mean, what well, I got you. About that? I got you. I got you. With, I, you just what you said. The mic just made me spit tea everywhere. That's not funny. Oh, 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 these nuts. Nuts. oh, oh I got it. Well, you play the. You can. I know you can play the drop. You got <laughs> oh, that? I can't. I can't. Because you're playing NFL Thrones music. Don't worry. Keep going. Yeah, don't Have that ready. Have that ready before we go to break. I'm working for one of these. You know, I want another one of these this year. There you go. You brought in the Emmy today. I have five. Five of them. Four and a half, actually. One of them. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. TJ. I just spit T everywhere. It's okay. Very good. <laughs> Very good. Uh, you know, with the this division, we pop my uh, my picks up and I'll tell you what I was thinking. I went a little different. <laughs> okay. Texans, of course, the, they're, okay. they're a dumpster fire. The Jags will okay. obviously be better than they Why were last year. Why do you have year. the Colts over the top? By the way, I, I do not at all bat an eye in mm-hmm. this direction. Um, Look, man, but I, go for it. I know the Titans are the odds-on favorite, and they won the division last year, and it looked good. But I, as I told Brockman and you guys last year, I was yes. very heavily into the Colts last season. Mm-hmm. That offensive line is nasty. Jonathan Taylor is a future Hall of Fame back, in my opinion. Damn. Their defense good, is though. impressive. And you know what? I, I can kind of get off. I can take my foot off the, the Carson Wentz hate now that he's not an ego anymore and go – him reunited with Frank Reich, as long as that foot is healed, because we don't really know what went on with his foot right. five to twelve weeks. I just got a weird feeling that, uh, and I'm, I, I went high race there. I, I didn't mean to. I I'm gonna bring it. it back down. I just got a feeling the Colts might get it done this year with that division. Well, in that respect, I think we can all agree. Even though actually, Brock, when you didn't, you put the Colts third, which I eh. okay. No, I I, I hear you. Um, where you, you you were just doing it to be different. Yeah, but, just trying to make okay. Sense. Uh, then here's the games that that 
for the whole ball of wax. Um, Colts at Titans the third week of the season. Yeah, it's a huge one. And then uh, Halloween night, week eight, is um, Colts hosting the Titans. That's it. That's the whole shooting match. So the two best teams that we believe, or other than Brockman, in the AFC South, they're going to be done before the second half of the season. They get it done early, yeah. They're going to have, yes. And the Colts finish at the Jaguars, and the Titans finish at the Texans. So you're going to have to get it done a little bit before then, huh? This division, this division plays the NFC West as well. That's tough. And, well, here's the difference. This could be the difference. This could be the difference is that based on if you think it's close, the Titans have a first-place schedule and play the Bills and the Chiefs mm-hmm. and oh. the Colts don't. Yeah. yeah. Good point. That's it, bro. Good point. And by the way, the Titans play them back-to-back home for – and they play them both at home Monday night against the Bills week six – Home against the Chiefs, Week Seven. Those are the games leading wow. up to. Those are the games leading up to their visit to the Colts. Wow! So that might be your that might be your period right Tough there, stretch. the crucial stretch for the Titans. And after that, they're here at the Rams. Oh boy, that's a, that's a four week stretch Dang. for the Titans right there. And then finishing up, the um, the Colts have a late bye. They've got a Week Thirteen bye. And then their last four games are home for the Patriots at the Cardinals, home for the Raiders at the Jaguars. The Titans have a week 12 bye. Their games finish up home for the Jaguars at the Steelers. Thursday night home date with the Niners, two days before Christmas. Day after New Year's home for the Dolphins, then they finish at the Texans. That's pretty much what it's going to be. But I think it's the Titans division to lose. Taylor Lewan is on Friday's show. Coming up next, the one and only Bruce Dern. <laughs> I tell you. Look at that headshot. <laughs> I promise you, you should not move from wherever wait. you are. And be comfortable because you're going to be there for about a half an hour. <laughs> hey, folks, it's time for the NFL draft, which means for me, I need a good night's sleep because if I don't have one, I'm just not myself. You know the deal. You know exactly how important it is to have quality sleep. It's a game changer for all of us. So sleep number helps me. My sleep number setting is 60. My wife's setting is 70. We both get a great night's sleep because we could adjust the firmness of our mattress on each side. Improve your quality sleep because Sleep Number learns how you sleep thanks to their smart beds and provide personalized insights to help you sleep better. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Let's talk O'Reilly Auto Parts, people. Or as you might know from their jingle, O-O-O O'Reilly Auto Parts. 
They're in the business of keeping your car on the road. O'Reilly Auto Parts offers friendly, helpful service and the parts knowledge you need for all your maintenance and repairs because you know when you need your car fixed, you need somebody who knows what they're talking about and is helpful, has a smile on their face, and gets you back on the road. They've got thousands of parts and accessories in stock, either in-store or online, so you never have to worry if you're in a jam. The team at O'Reilly Auto Parts can test your battery for free in or out of your car. If it needs to be replaced, they'll help you just find the right battery for your vehicle. Need your windshield wipers replaced, a brake light fix, or a quick service? They'll help you find the right part or point you to the nearest local repair shop for help. Whether you're a car aficionado or an auto novice, you will find the employees at O'Reilly Auto Parts knowledgeable, helpful, and the best of all, friendly. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today or visit us at O'ReillyAuto.com slash Eisen. That's O'ReillyAuto.com slash Eisen. All right, I got a little bit of the butterflies right now. I'm not going to lie, because uh, you, Billy Bob Thornton, were the inspiration of the Rich Eisen Show show open at the Super Bowl in Houston, where I channeled my inner Billy Bob Thornton as your character in Friday Night Lights. Nice. And I'd like to play you the open right now and get your thoughts. Okay. Okay, let's check it out. Now, most of you have been doing this for years, so it's real simple. We've got one week and that's it. Y'all know me for a while. And while you've heard me talk about being perfect, I want you to understand something. To me, being perfect is not about our ratings. <laughs> not about how often Del Tufo drops out my mic audio. <laughs> it's about you and your relationships to your family, friends, and coworkers. Being perfect is about being able to look to the guy next to you in the eye and know you didn't let them down because you're spitting the truth. And that truth is, you did everything you could to make this show great. Look each other in the eyes. Put each other in your scripts forever. Because forever is about to happen this week in Houston. Boys, my heart is full. My host chair is full. <laughs> now let's go out there and broadcast. Yeah! You know what? That was thoroughly entertaining. <laughs> thoroughly entertaining. Yeah. I and and I'm really shocked at how much we look alike. I didn't realize that. <laughs> well, let's take a look. I mean, I mean uh, obviously, I needed a little bit of help, but it's not bad. I I think you did a really good job. I mean, honestly, the only thing, mm -hmm. if you want to pursue this as a career, mm -hmm. is you still had a little bit of the sportscaster voice you know in other words it wasn't as human it was more the uh have you ever heard hank azaria or harry sure do the baseball <laughs> sure. guy yeah, of course i mean he did he did this thing for me one time and i can't do it very well but the first time i ever heard hank do this and it was a long time ago yeah and he said uh you know tom needenfuhr is allergic to shellfish <laughs> And he's talking about how baseball announcers, yeah. it's like an aside, you know, the, the game. Yeah. And every, things about the story. He said, uh, so a few of the guys took him out to dinner the other night, and they buried some shrimp up under his pasta, and that's in there for strike two. <laughs> and you know what I mean? It's yeah, just it's so, like, it's like I, I needed a toupee to look just like Billy Bob Thornton. That's uh, bowl two outside. Right, right, exactly. <laughs> so, but I've got something. I think saying. you got something going. Yeah. 
<laughs> Fantastic. Oh, boy. We're about to hear Billy Bob's name. Back here on the Rich Eisen Show. Okay, so when Bruce Dern for the uh, movie The Gateway uh, made himself available, I'll be honest, uh, we said we can't do it live. Because the man... Uh, Work, works to, blue. Well, he does work a little blue, blue, and he tells some great stories. And we just knew that we we probably wouldn't have the time to do it live. Right. So we recorded this two days ago, and here's the best. It was long. <laughs> here's here's the if you will cut down version of that interview. The Gateway is in select theaters and on Apple TV and everywhere you rent movies starting on September 3rd and will be available on Blu-ray and DVD on September 7th and on September 24th. One of my favorite TV shows, Goliath, returns to Amazon Prime for its final season. He will be on that as well. One of the best of the best, Bruce Dern, here on The Rich Eisen Show. How are you, sir? Well, first of all, it's a treat for me because... uh, I watched you guys for a long, long time, and uh, a guy, you remember a name, Roger Werner? Uh, No, who's that? He started ESPN. Okay. I went to Nutria High School and went to Illinois, so did he. And he started a division called Speed Vision. That's right. Which they did a lot of all the car racing around the world, the Formula One and everything like that. And Speed Vision then was incorporated into ESPN when they started in 1984, or I don't know what the date was, but I thought it was around that. And we did a show called The Lost Drive-In, where we went around to the uh, drive-in theaters in America and showed any... Uh, sports-related movies that had to do with uh, speed. You know, car racing, plane racing, uh, you know, uh, not track and field, but anything with motors or boats or anything like that. And so we went around and did that. And so I did a lot of motorcycle movies and things like that in the 60s and all. And so they they were made for driving, so that was that. But um, that, uh, I thought it was a good, and Roger Warner was the guy that that started all that, I thought. Bruce Dern here on the Rich Eisen Show. His new movie, The Gateway, is uh, available uh, tomorrow, September 3rd, on Apple TV, select theaters, and everywhere you rent movies, Blu-ray and DVD on September 7th. Normally what I do, you know, back in the day, you were on my podcast, and I could talk to you for about an hour, and it was fantastic, and you told some great stories from back in the day and the current day. Um, but, uh, what I like to do is play celebrity true or false with, uh, with somebody who go through their career as best I can. And you tell me what's true or what's not about what's written, written about your career. Can you do that, Bruce? Okay. All right, here we go. Here, if we got it, here's some production value for Bruce Dern here on the Rich Eisen Show. Hit it. Celebrity true or false. You can't handle the truth. Uh, all right. Here's your first question, Bruce Dern. Um, your first question you were part of the actor's studio in New York City when Marilyn Monroe was there in the late 50s. Is that true or false? True. What was that like? Late 50s and early 60 and 61, yeah. Who was there? What was that like? 61. What was that like? Well, first of all, she was there to observe because her private teacher was Lee Strasberg. Mm-hmm. And he wanted her to come to the studio to see the kind of acting work that we were all working on to help her with hers 
rather than to make her get up and perform in front of us because in the actor's studio, after you do your little 10-minute scene, whatever it is, everybody in the class gets to raise their hand and say what kind of work they just saw from that actor or actress. And then Mr. Strasberg sums it up, and he did not want to put her through that. So that's why she was there. Is that right? Okay. And, and who, yeah. else, who else was there with you? I mean, there were a bunch of Italian guys that were all in a movie called Hatful of Rain. Okay. And it was Tony Franciosa, it was Ben Gazzara, it was Harry Gardino. Sure. Uh, and it was a huge hit on Broadway, and then they made it as a movie. And all those guys became instant movie stars. And then they did a play off-Broadway, and the play was called End is a Man. And this is in the mid-50s. And I didn't come in until 58, and um, so I wasn't there. But that was the other play that sent, and they didn't have to do a lot. I mean, Paul Newman, my first play on, uh, second play on Broadway was with Paul Newman, Geraldine Page, it was called Sweet Bird of Youth, it was a Tennessee yeah. Williams play. Wow. And I began my career under contract to Mr. Kazan, and he had five of us. He had Rip Torn, Pat Hingle. Geraldine Page, Brucey from Winnetka, and Lee Remick. <laughs> and those were the five that were under contract. So uh, I was very lucky that I got to start there. And uh, the big thing about us is when uh, I came uh, to Hollywood after three and a half years in New York, I'm Broadway and driving a friggin' cab and everything. Um, I came out here, and my generation got the chance to still work with the legends. Nowadays, they give us awards. I mean, Quint gets them, Jack gets them, I get them, Redford, uh, whoever they are, get legendary awards and all this kind of promotion. We're not legends. You can't be a legend. Everybody knows what the hell we do after school. So how the hell can you be private or anything like that? But these people were private which enabled them to be bigger than life. Bruce Stern, bro, Brucey for when I went to kill John Wayne and the Cowboys, he'd never been killed in a movie. They were putting bullet hits on him. You know what bullet hits are, right? Yeah, I mean, and that was my next when question I... for you, Brucey from Winnetka, as you refer to yourself. Oh. True or false? Did you receive death threats after you shot John Wayne's character in the back in the Cowboys? So that's a that's a true story that you got death threats this last weekend to this last week. Come on! And we made that movie in 71, so you're talking 50 years ago. He said to me while they were putting these bullet hits on him, oh, they're going to hate you for this. <laughs> and I said, maybe. But in Berkeley, I'm a friggin' hero. <laughs> and he laughed. He put his arm on my shoulder, and he said, that's why this is in my movie. Because he understands that bad guys were funny. Otherwise, we wouldn't be talking about him 150 years later. So you, Bruce Stern, and, just recently uh, got you, Bruce Stern, just recently got a death threat because you killed John Wayne's character in a movie 50 years ago. That just happened. That's true. Yeah, to my face. <laughs> what? I did a collectible show. Yeah. And a guy came up to me who was maybe, uh, you know, a, a memorabilia card collector guy. And he said, you know, I really, back in the 70s, you killed my buddy. 
And I said, really? Who was that? He said, John. I said, hey, bud, he died of cancer. Get over it. It was a movie. And he said, uh, no, you killed my buddy. And if I had seen you in person, then I'd have ripped you a new one. Well, you wouldn't have been the first. <laughs> wow. So, I mean, it was... And he was great. You know the great thing, Rich, about those people? What is it, Bruce? They always were fabulous to my generation of young actors, particularly, because they saw us doing stuff they could never get to in their careers because they were in the contract system. They were under contract to studios, and the studios always wanted to play themselves again and again and again which made movie stars, and they were bigger in life. And every one of them that ever helped me, you go back and you look at certain movies that they were in, and they say, well, but John Wayne was John Wayne. No, go back and look at The Quiet Man. Go back and look at uh, uh, True Grit. Sure. Yeah. I mean, look at, look at the things that every one of them the same way. Um, and they were very helpful to us for two reasons. One is... They weren't able to do what they saw we could do. And second of all, they encouraged us to go to the edge of the bluff and take risks. Bruce Dern here, Celebrity True or False. Next one, the film Black Sunday was filmed during the actual Super Bowl X matchup between the Steelers and Cowboys in the Orange Bowl. Is that true or false? True. Were you there that true. day? Were you there that day as well? Did you get to meet Chuck uh, Noll and Lynn Swan? I wasn't there the day. Right. Because what they did on the day was they hired the seven best cameramen in the world. Mm -hmm. And each one had an assignment. Cover Staubach. Cover the crowd. Cover the cheerleaders. Cover the announcers. Some are all in, uh, you know, uh, Brooks, Brookshire. The, uh, Tom Brookshire. Right. And uh, they, uh, so each one had, so they put that all together. Now we went back there. Two weeks later, the Orange Bowl, yeah, to do the ending of the movie, because what happened was when the movie ended, it ended exactly like the cover of the book. Mm -hmm. When Robert Shaw is on his way in the helicopter to pull me and Martha Keller out of the sky from with the uh, the blimp. Mm -hmm. uh, on the way, as we approach the sky, if you remember the cover of the book, the picture is a shadow comes over the stadium, and it's a, sun, it's a sunny day. And the shadow comes over the stadium, and all the people look to see the shadow, and it's the blimp starting to crush the light standards above the stadium. And that's the end. And it said, Black Sunday, think about it. Paramount went nuts when they saw it. And they said, you can't end the movie like that. The Jewish guy's got to win. He's got to win. Because Charles Budorn was the head of Paramount at yeah. the time, and they didn't think it was appropriate. So he had to go back and shoot a Shaw coming and dragging it out over the ocean so all the darts went in the ocean. But I'll tell you something, Rich. It's the only movie that I've ever made that I would never make again. Right. Right. And the reason being, someone could do that. I hear you. I got, I got one last one for you, Bruce. Here's the last one for you. Oh, go ahead. 
All right, last one for you. This has nothing to do with entertainment, but is it true or false that Eleanor Roosevelt was a babysitter of yours? Is that true? My grandfather, Dern, was Secretary of War. He died the week I was born. When I was three years old or two years old, I was out at Highwood where their home is, in the summer home. People don't know much about it, but the Roosevelt's had. And uh, I was nine in 1944, and we stayed two days at that house. Uh, my grandfather's already dead eight years, but my father, uh, my godfather was Adlai Stevenson, and my father and him were law partners at Sidley and Austin in Chicago. And so uh, my dad's dad was the one who was Secretary of War. And so we went there, and when we went there, she invited us, and uh, he was on his way to Yalta <laughs> to that big conference he had with Churchill, Stalin, him, and uh, Charles de Gaulle. And uh, so I rode my bike that afternoon, and I hit a tree, and I had a concussion. And in those days, when you had a concussion, they just strapped your head with a big rubber strap so you couldn't move it up or down or sideways or anything. And when I kind of came to, maybe for the first time I realized something, which is now maybe six hours after I whacked my head, on my bicycle, I looked over to the side and was kind of bleary-eyed, and I saw this uh, lady with, uh, uh, see a lady, I could just see the knees, and I looked above the knees, and there was a, a, a glasses and a lap, and in the lap was a book, and the glass and the lap were in the book, and I looked all the way up, and it was Eleanor Roosevelt. And she was watching me while my parents were somewhere else. Wow! So, so you're the only one, Bruce Dern, that she's not a grandmother. No, no. So, but you're you're you're. I I did have uh, you know, like my godfather ran for president twice. My uh, uncle is Archibald McLeish. My middle name is McLeish, Bruce McLeish Dern, and he was a poet laureate and won five Pulitzer prizes as a poet. And uh, my my grandmother's roommate. My grandmother McLeish's roommate at Wellesley was an 18-year-old Madame Shankai Shek. <laughs> and when I wrote a book in 2007, I wrote a book called Things I've Said But Probably Shouldn't Have. <laughs> and it did, it did really well. You I'm can sure. get it on Amazon or anything else that summer of 2007. But in it, uh, Laura, myself, and her mother, Diane Ladd, are the only family in the history of Hollywood that all of us have stars on Hollywood Boulevard. Other families, plenty of them, mm-hmm. but never mother, father, child. That's amazing. You know, and uh, you Bill know, Garcetti, who was the guy that pre- presented us our awards yeah. that day, uh, you know, here's your star of fame, so forth and so on. He says, what does all this mean to you? And I said, well, I'll tell you what it means. It means to me that a bunch of folks got together and said Bruce Dern could play. And that's the way I end my book. That's my last line in the book. That's all I hope for out of this. Nobody's better than anybody else. But when they can run around and Kobe this and Kobe that, Oscar retired with a triple-double. 
You know what, Bruce? Not it's for his career, but I mean, he retired in a season where he had a triple double. It's amazing, Bruce. Like again, you're 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 like Bruce Stern. You're like the only guy who could connect FDR, Hitchcock, and Tarantino all in one. It's amazing. Do you want to talk about the Gateway before I let you go, Bruce? What you like oh, about I'll it? I'll talk about whatever you want to keep me on for. It's not my time. It's your time. <laughs> you know, I could talk to you all day. You know why? Because if I have game, what the hell do you guys have there? We've got you have game. I appreciate that, Bruce. We've we've got we've all got game. What do you like about the Gateway? That's available uh, everywhere you rent movies, Apple TV, and select theaters like on September third. What I like about it is first way the Gateway stands for St. Louis, and that's the Gateway. You know the big archway there, and so the movie takes place in St. Louis in like the mid eighties, and. Uh, a guy is a social worker who just got out of jail about five years earlier and has been a social worker, and that's the guy Shea Wiggum plays. And he has a wife and a daughter, Ken, and a father, and I'm his father. And uh, the bad guys are after him to commit one more big crime since he's been out with them. And uh, I try and convince my son it's okay not to go back there. I was there. He was there. Mm -hmm. And that's what the movie's about. And he gives up his life, literally, to save me and his daughter and is white. And again, that's available on Blu-ray and right, available yeah, on Blu-ray and DVD September seventh. Well, I guess yeah. one last one before you go, Bruce. Do you, you do you have a good Tarantino oh. story? Give me your favorite Quentin Tarantino story. I'm such a diehard fan of his, and obviously you're so terrific in his films. You got a good Tarantino story? Okay, I'll give you one. Go for uh, it. I'd never met him until a month before he went to do Django. Okay. And he called me up and he said, look, you're the icon of your generation. You don't get credit for it yet. Uh, I had not done Nebraska when he called me. Okay. And uh, so he said, so I have to have you in my movie. I don't have a role for you. If you came down here for a day and I wrote a scene for you, would you do it? In New Orleans, they were shooting New Orleans. I said, sure. So I did that. Then we go to The Hateful Eight, which we shot 1,400 feet, 1,400 feet above Telluride, Colorado, which is 8,900 feet. So we were 10,500 feet. And we started in October and finished in June 161 shooting days. And uh, what happened was, when Sam Jackson gets to all the stuff where he's telling me about what he did to my son and you're watching it on the screen and everything like that, uh, he was having to break sentences because he couldn't get his breath. Mm. So Quentin disassembles the cabin after four months we had two weeks off in March, and we went back to Hollywood. They brought the cabin back to Hollywood, rebuilt it log by log on a set, 
And that following Monday, we went back to work to do a lot of the interior stuff where you all the outside stuff had been done and half of the inside stuff. So we were back there, so it was fine. So we walk on the set the first day, and uh, we all have our wardrobe on, you know, and everybody looked like they'd just gotten done uh, coming back from Alaska or something like that, and uh, all that heavy gear. And uh, we were very hot, and Quinn comes in his car, and he goes on another stage, and he says hi to all of us, and he goes on the stage. And we go on the stage, and the guy has refrigerated the stage in Hollywood to 22 degrees Fahrenheit so he could see our breath. Give me a break. <laughs> the point is, if we had done it at the altitude, Sam would have been and everybody else catching their breath after all these long things, and the audience wouldn't know what the hell that was about. Right. So he wanted, he saw our breath there, so he wanted to see our breath. That's, that's a Quinn story. The other Quinn story is, I've been able to work in my life, I feel blessed enough, that I was uh, able to work with six directing geniuses, and not in order of importance, but just they are Mr. Kazan, Mr. Hitchcock, a kid named Douglas Trumbull, who directed a movie I did called Silent Running, which mm -hmm. is about uh, my companions in space. And then he also directed Brainstorm, the movie which uh, Natalie Wood passed away on. But when he was 19 years old, he won the Academy Awards for Special Effects as a senior in Huntington Edison High School down here in Orange County for 2001. At 19, mm -hmm. he did the, that's why he's a genius. And the other three are Francis Coppola, Quentin Tarantino, and Alexander Payne, who directed Nebraska. What makes them geniuses is their approachability on a set. Every single member of the crew, from the honey wagon to the grips to the guys up in the loft with the following spots, anybody is invited at any time to walk up to any one of those directors and say, Sir, what is my exact job in this shot? And they'll tell you gladly because they're all professors. You know what I mean? I mean, they don't have the credentials, but they got the credentials for us. And when people say to me and to Jack and Dennis Hopper when we were all coming up doing all those biker movies, you guys, none of you guys finished college. I went to Penn for two years and quit. Uh, and uh, Jack never went. Redford went for a week at Colorado. Uh, Quinn never went. Uh, Bert did go, Bert Reynolds, because he was the first quarterback to take Florida State to a Rosa, uh, to a bowl game. Mm -hmm. You know that? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But you know where we did go? We went to the University of Corman, because Roger Corman made movies all through the late 50s and 60s for $300,000 in 10 days, and every actor who was one of the stars of it had to do a job behind the camera as well as his acting job. So we learned how to make the movies they're getting back to making now. The Gateway was made for like a million, million two hundred thousand dollars And when we did Nebraska, the big fight with Paramount for Alexander Payne was they did not want to make it in black and white. 
Mm-hmm. They said in Europe there's no resale value in black and white. It has to be color. And I asked Brad Gray, who was running the studio at the time. He's passed now. I said, I don't understand. Why are you nixing the black and white? He said, because who's going to give a damn about some old drunk geezer with a dream from a flyover state? And I said, wait a second. He said, we don't do business in those states. I said, well, how many states are flyover states, Brad? He said, nine. The Dakotas, Montana, Idaho, uh, Utah, Nebraska, Kansas, Iowa. That are the flyover states. And I said, hey, Brad, wait a minute. You're not making the movie because of that? Well, sir, what do you think they call that area of this country? He said, I don't know, bleak, drab, gray. I said, no, sir, they call it the heartland. Mm. Mm-hmm. And now? And he said to Alexander right then, make your movie, but I'm only going to give you, you I'm taking $10,000, uh, $10 million out of your budget. Well, Alexander and I smile because for a million dollars, we made four movies with Roger Corman. So we're back to the day where you, you cut every corner, you broke every rule. I mean, we never had police permits or anything else. We just went and shot it. And the first movie I did for Roger uh, was called The Wild Angels, starred me and Peter Fonda and Nancy Sinatra. And... Uh, it was a biker movie, you know, uh, We Were Hell's Angels. I love it. And uh, Jack it. wrote the script for the next one, which was called uh, The Trip. And uh, it was it, it was just an era. And you know what? I, I remember one time that Ron Howard, I did a movie for him called The Burbs. Yes. Uh, with Tom Hanks also. It was a very funny movie. It's cute. And uh, in The Burbs, uh, Hanks is a, a pathetic Cleveland fan, I mean, a uh, Cleveland Indian fan. And he grew up in Sacramento, so, I mean, get over it. But, I mean, he's, uh, anyway, so he, he he's, an, he's an avid baseball fan like that. But while we were doing the movie, um, one day uh, he brought two guests. Well, one of the two guests was Cowboy Joe West who was his first year as an umpire, and this was 1988. And I forget the other guy he brought with him was a guy who looked just like Steve Garvey, that size, that build, and everything else, and they were the two that came together that day. But uh, Joe West is no one to F with, if you know what I mean, <laughs> on behind the plate or on the <laughs> So I grew up, I grew up with an appreciation, and to this day, it's my greatest appreciation. Can I use a swear word or not? Go for it. I really admire people that get done. The Gateway is in select theaters on Apple TV and everywhere you rent movies tomorrow and will be available on Blu-ray and DVD on September 7th and cannot wait to see the final season of Goliath on Amazon Prime Video starting September 24th. You You know who J.K. Simmons is? Oh, he's in that too? He and I are brothers. He and I are brothers, oh. and this season is about we are pharma, and we are still selling an addictive drug and getting away with it, and Billy Bob's firm comes after us, and then will come a story, I, and that's what our show is about. I cannot and, uh, wait for that. The other thing I will say to you and yes. all the people, I can't believe anybody's 
still awake listening to all that I come up with. But anyway, uh, it says on the call sheet where we work to be continued. I'm saying that to you. Thank you. To please honor me with calling me back someday yeah. on any kind of forum you want. Just a private phone call, just a, to be on your show or not to be on your show, because there's, I can name some that don't, but you, above everybody else, way back at the very beginning when I started watching you, yeah. there are some people in the world that get it. You not only get it, Rich, you get it all. And that's what I love about you, and that's what I love about you guys are trying to do on the air every day. Thank Only you. you present it and produce it in a way that's palpable to everybody, even the Notre Dame fans. <laughs> Bless you, Bruce Stern. You can be sure I will be calling you soon. Thanks for coming on. Thank you, Rich, very much. My honor. My honor. Right back at you. That's Bruce Dern here on the Rich Eisen Show. <laughs> Even the Notre Dame. <laughs> Even the Come Notre on. Dame. That's fans. awesome. Man. New drop. It's got to be a new drop of saying, dro- Rich, got- yes. you, you, you get it, but you get it all. I like, come on. All. I mean, that's a new segment. I was going to say, good segment. Rich, Rich gets get- it all. You get it? You get it all. You get it all. Now, well, we got the muscle. Oh, my gosh. He was so good. All right. Uh, we just, uh, during that conversation, added a great guest for tomorrow. Superb Let's go. guest for tomorrow. And can't wait to tell you who that is when we come back. Phone calls and, and more. How great was that, Bruce Dern? Let's talk game time. Boy, do we love using game time tickets at the Rich Eisen Show. And every single time I've been watching the basketball playoffs on TV, I've been wondering what it would be like to be at these games. And when you choose your tickets on game time, you can see the view from your seat where the court is, where you are in relation to it. And then the all-in prices, that's my favorite feature. The all-in prices makes sure that you see the lowest price guarantee and also know exactly how much everything costs costs all in before you purchase. So all the guesswork is removed when you buy playoff tickets with GameTime. Download the GameTime app, create an account, and use my code RICH for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Visit GameTime.co for restrictions. Again, create an account, redeem my code RICH for $20 off your first purchase. Download GameTime today. Last-minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. Check out our new NBA show, Beyond the Arc, part of the CBS Sports Podcast Network, where you can find me, John Gonzalez, NBA insider Bill Ryder, and Ashley Nicole Moss, five days a week talking all things NBA. Whether you're looking for insightful discussions, upbeat commentary, breaking news, interviews, or coverage of all the biggest stories in the NBA, our new show is the place to be five days a week. Download and follow Beyond the Arc on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you get your favorite podcasts. know you you're from staten island from staten island new york yeah you didn't know that? well i didn't know you were from specifically staten island yes that's where i'm from you and the wu-tang yes. and my old assistant paul the staten island streetwise troubadours yeah as they were known the wu-tang clan awesome oh yeah i was just talking about Staten. ricky schroeder also is a staten islander um then that's pretty much no it. no no there's steven seagal i believe is a staten islander okay 
Legend. So clearly there was a lot of dojos. Legend, on yes. I've got a nice list if you oh, want some. Alyssa, Mal- Alyssa, Alyssa Milano? Milano? Staten Island? Robert Loggia? Robert Loggia. Robert Loggia. Paul no. Newman? Okay. Well, no, wait a minute. Paul Newman, Newman was a Staten Islander? Lived in St. George, Staten Island. I'm just looking at a list. What do you do on Staten Island? <laughs> Would the, you say... Take the ferry. I had a question. <laughs> Would you say that... What percentage of New Yorkers... Yes. From the time New York existed, yes. whatever... As a cumulative, have never been to Staten Island. Um, <laughs> a large ninety percent right? amount of people. Yes, yeah. unless they have physically gotten on the ferry to go. Right, because there's no reason. If because what's there is homes, correct? I mean, so unless you're going to visit someone, you don't go to Staten Island for the fill in the blank. Right. Correct. Yeah. That's mostly correct. Yeah. And as you you know, my wife. Uh, who anytime I say I'm from New York City, she scoffs. And I'm like, oh, excuse me. Staten Island. That's right. Yeah. It's the fifth and forgotten borough, yeah. Staten Island. But you're not really from New York City. I am from New York City. Yes. It's a borough. See, what's with you and the New yeah. England types right over there? I mean, oh, well, don't, do you really have to ask? <laughs> okay. When someone says, oh, man, you're from New York City, you assume that they're from Manhattan. Well, or Right, but so that means Staten Island. I don't agree with that. I don't agree with there's five boroughs. If you say you're from New York City, I'm assuming you're from one of those boroughs. No, come on, Eric. That's the truth. It is true. You grew up in the Midwest, as far you know, so far away from New York City. When someone told you when you were a kid, "Oh man, I'm going to New York City," you don't you don't think they're going to Staten Island? Well, I don't think they're going to Staten Island, but I would I would include that as being from New York City. And this is a man who grew up closer to Manhattan, Kansas. Yeah, the Little Apple, mother. <laughs> uh, no, you know, you know what? I, I did love that about Chicago. When I lived in Chicago, people yeah. would be like, "I'd say, oh, where are you from?" And they say, "Oh, we're from Chicago." Like, oh, where? Oh, north of the city. Oh, where? Uh, Milwaukee. <laughs> you know, everybody wants to claim they're from Chicago. Yeah. They are like forty-five miles I'm away. From Winnetka. Yeah, Winnetka. Joliet. You heard of it? Yeah. yeah. Sham- Shamburg. Shamburg. Yeah, I've heard that one too. Exactly. Naperville. Yeah. I asked the man who has birthed Randy Reed once again. Holler at your boy. Thank you very much. <laughs> Eric Stone Street. That was one of his first appearances on this show. Back here on the Rich Eisen Show radio on TV. Eric Stone Street's um, uh, portrayal of the long-lost brother of Andy Reed, Randy Reed, um, hit the Twitterverse and the airwaves once again today. Hilarious. Back. Yes, went to Chiefs training camp and uh, shot scenes from there as Randy Reed, Andy's long-lost brother, on tomorrow's Rich Eisen show. Randy Reed, Eric Stone Street will join us. <laughs> All right. Oh, yes. Taylor Lewan will be in hour number two. It's going to have a fun Friday show. Speaking of Kansas City, let's go to uh, Sam in Iowa. Which one Sam, what's up? My Sam, line two. Line two, line two Mikey. Yeah, my line's What's up, Sam? How you doing, Rich? How are you, sir? Good, good. Uh, I want to premise this conversation first by letting you know I'm a Chiefs season ticket holder. Okay. So I might be a little biased. Go for it. Uh, you guys have been touching on the Chiefs all day, and, and uh, one thing you really don't touch on is how iconic this schedule is. Our home schedule is just amazing. You start off with Cleveland Browns, a lot of people talking about them. You go to Buffalo on Sunday night, you got the three biggest football organizations coming we got green bay packers we have dallas cowboys yeah. we have the pittsburgh steelers denver broncos too coming yep yeah well, our, our division teams of course and then uh 
about the uh, <laughs> lowest game probably be the New York football giants. It's a Monday nighter. Night. Yep. But I'm telling you, the Chiefs are good. And if we could somehow hold our home field and go 9-0, and there is a very strong possibility we could go 17-0 and this year. Uh, yes, as you know, that's the Mahomes, and thanks for the call. That's the Mahomes comment about the only thing left that he's caring about records is 20-0. and Now that there's 17 regular season games, and well done by, by Sam right there pointing out an incredible home schedule. It also means some very difficult opponents are coming into the house, and also... Nine home games. Remember, the AFC's got the nine home games. It's the NFC with the net. At least the league didn't stack the deck in the Chiefs' favor this year. Terzo, uh, let's go to uh, Terzo quickly here on the Rich Eisen Show and ignore Chris Brockman's woe is us New England stuff with all of his hardware in the trophy case. Okay, what do you got over there, Terzo? Got about just about a few seconds for you. What's going on, bro? I was was, going to boo Del Tufo for uh, begging for an Emmy, but uh, it's okay. uh, that Bruce Stern just really brought me back to life. So let's stay at positive. Yep. And let's say all first-round rookie quarterbacks make it to the playoffs, which means you get an AFC wild card berth there, Rich. Yeah. Okay. Whoa. I don't. I don't. I don't see that one. But you must be doing the day drinking again. I had to throw it out there. Okay. Thanks for the call, Terzo. Appreciate it. There you go. I don't know about that. Wow. I don't know about that. I'm going to see what that parlay would pay real quick. Another promotional announcement. Um, my podcast about origin stories of my guests just getting started is returning. And it's returning with a special 10 podcast series hmm. on Voices of the NFL. All right. And uh, these are the uh, folks who are either shot their podcasts in the can or have agreed to do it. Al Michaels is going to be first up on September the 8th. It's the Cumulus Podcast Network that you can find us. If you haven't subscribed to Just Getting Started, you should, because once a week starting September 8th, Al Michaels, Joe Buck, Jim Nance, Aaron Andrews, Kevin Arlen, who's the voice of Monday Night Football on Westwood One. Uh, Michael Strahan has said yes. He's got a new show on ESPN Plus and so much more. Voices of football, the NFL, and their origin stories and how they got started in their careers. I shot the one with Jim Nance this morning before coming to work. It's why I was a little late getting in today. Phenomenal. The stories about how they got started and the breaks that they got and the breaks that they didn't get and the breaks that they made for themselves and also the advice that they've got to continue on in their careers to be the voices of the sport that we love so much. Just Getting Started returns with Al Michaels' origin stories being dropped, as the kids would say, love on it. September 8th That's and awesome. every Wednesday after that. You're going to love it. Let's go. Honestly, if you love football and you love TV and you love the football coverage on TV, this is directly up your alley. And some inspiring stories about how people got to where they got. Bruce Dern, holy smokes. (laughs) Wow. I mean, Quentin Tarantino, Marilyn Monroe, Eleanor Roosevelt, um, you know, Jack Nicholson, Dennis Hopper. The full conversation was 48 minutes long, and it's being posted to YouTube. And thank you, Mike Hoskins, my God, for making that consumable for a radio (laughs) simulcast. Right? Yes, absolutely. And the fact that he still does it, even though Brockman doesn't think his bills are going to win the division, it just is a testament to his personality and the love of of being positive, which is what today's show has been about. Chat Friday. (laughs) 